All right, good morning once again from the Digital Cathedral here in Houston, Texas. Welcome everybody from around the country, around the world. We're going to get into God's Word and um, maybe take stuff just a little bit farther this morning. So let's see, let's see what we can do. Mark chapter 4. Let's start over in Mark this morning. Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. Mark chapter 4, give you just a minute to get your phone apps on, get your Bibles ready. Mark chapter 4, hoping you're having a, a, had a good week. Look forward to a, a brand new one. This is Sunday, first day of the week, so let's get it, let's get it started off well and look at what, uh, what God has to say about some things this morning that may help us. Mark chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus said this. He said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, we know we all, all have ears, right, on the side of our head, so Jesus must be talking about uh, ears other than our physical ears. That's what we're going to talk about this morning a little bit, is our physical ears and hearing clearly through uh, the ears that are in our spirit. So Jesus said, anybody that has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he went on to say, verse 24, Then he said to them, take heed what you hear, or how you hear. It's a lot in that. Take, take heed how you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, to you who hear, more will be given. For whosoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has is, is taken away from him. The car that I drive right now is the first car that I've ever had with Cirrus Radio. And I really, I really have grown to love Cirrus Radio. I never had it before. Um, there are a lot of good features about Cirrus Radio, but probably my favorite feature on a Cirrus Radio is that you can lock into a station and you can stay on that station just as long as you want. You know, when we were, <clears throat> last summer when we went to Florida, we, we locked in on a station and we drove through Florida, Louisiana, uh, you know, all the way over to Florida. And, and the station, we never had to change stations. It, there was never any static in that Cirrus radio. There was never any interference. There was never any of the fading in and out. Remember back in the day, a lot of you that, that don't have Cirrus, you know what I'm talking about. When you drive for a while, the station starts to fade out, so then you've got you to gotta find a local station, something nearby that you can tune into. But you don't have to do that with Cirrus radio. It's always clear. It's never difficult to hear. <clears throat> it's what they call clear channel radio. Clear Channel Radio. What I want to talk to you this morning about, in light of what Jesus told us in this fourth chapter of Mark, and I, I think there's so much revelation in, in those verses. What I want to talk to you about this morning is Clear Channel hearing spiritually. Hearing what God would say to you without interference or static. But really, I, I want to talk about more than what God would say to you. What I really want to talk about is what Jesus said in that, uh, in that 20, 24th verse. He said, take, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. What I want to talk to you about this morning is how we hear the Word. Now, when I talk about the Word of God, when I talk about God speaking to you by His Word, I'm not talking to you specifically about the Bible, although I know that's kind of where we all come from, is that when we talk about hearing the Word of God, we talk about the Bible. We think you know, we automatically go to, to Scripture. But the Father can speak to you through whatever 
clear channel that he desires to speak to you through. So it's important that we need to hear the word on the deepest level possible. And I'll probably say it five or six times during this teaching this morning that when I talk about the word of God, I'm not talking about just the Bible. We, we've, we've put that tag on scripture. It, scripture never calls itself the word of God. We've, we have called it that for a lot of various reasons I'm not going to get into this morning. But I just, I just want to say to you that when I, don't let that old uh, trigger uh, get to you when I say Word of God. I'm talking to you about any means, any way that God wants to talk to you. It's imperative that we continually change. It's imperative that we continually hear the Word of God on a deeper level. And the most solid changes I have found in my life come when I hear the Word of God on a very personal basis. On a very personal basis. Paul said in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, he said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And again, I associated that in my own personal spiritual life for a lot of years when he said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I automatically associated that with uh, hearing more Bible, maybe hearing more teaching. Uh, in my charismatic days, in my word of faith days, faith would come by hearing, hearing by the word. So we would confess the word a lot. We would, we would memorize scripture, confess it over, thinking that as we would hear the word of God, and we're real big about speak the word of God yourself because it involves more than one sense. When you speak it, you can hear it. So that's, that was a shortcut that we kind of felt we had toward building faith. But that's not really what he's talking about here. He's not talking about... Uh, memorizing scripture and confessing scripture, repeating scripture, although there's nothing wrong with that. It is, it is good, but he, that's not what he's talking about. I don't think in Romans chapter 10 verse 17 when he said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I think what he's getting at, what Paul's driving at in Romans 10, because there wasn't a Bible when Paul wrote that. <laughs> the King James Bible was non-existent. I think he's speaking of the word that comes from the mouth of God to your ears. Right? That's, that's the real faith generator. It's, it's personal. It's him speaking to you. It's not, it's not just coming out of, out of the Bible or out of Scripture. And so as, as we grow, as we mature, I'm sure that you found that you tend to hear things on a deeper level, on a broader level. Uh, your, your hearing gets a little bit better. And so as we grow and mature, mature we hear things we didn't hear before. Uh, when we, uh, you know, God can speak, as I said earlier, He can speak through any channel He wants to. He can speak through a book. And I, I have to be honest with you, I think there are some books that are just as inspired by the same Spirit as the Bible. So that, a lot of times faith will come, God will speak to you through a book. He'll speak to you through a teaching. He'll speak to you as you meditate. I mean, there are just multiplicity of ways that God can speak to you. And when he speaks to you, you find that it resonates within. It becomes alive, and you see things. You have a perception and understanding in some areas that you never had before. Maybe that's one reason why Jesus taught in parables. Parables are an extremely effective way to teach. Jesus taught in parables for probably several reasons, but one of the reasons that I can see right away why Jesus taught in parables is because you can hear then the word on whatever level you have ears to hear. 
if you're, if you're not too deep spiritually, you can hear a story from the natural that you can relate to spiritual and you get a little bit of spiritual understanding, a little bit of spiritual insight to it. If you're a little deeper in understanding, you're a little bit more familiar with the voice of God, you can take it down a notch or up a notch, whichever way you want to express it. But a parable is a very, a very effective way to teach. And the, the stronger you become in hearing the Word of God, you know that it does take a divine impartation or a divine enablement, and we call that an anointing. That's all, that's all an anointing is. An anointing is a kind of a Christianese word, but it simply means a divine, anoint, a divine enablement, an, an enablement beyond your own ability, okay? So when God begins to speak through whatever channel he's speaking, and you're going you're gonna, to you know, wring the last bit of juice out of the orange, it takes a divine enablement. It takes the ability of God for you to pull out of that word that he's speaking to you everything that he wants to get across to your life. So understanding of the word, you're going to, whatever that word is that God's speaking to you from his lips to your ears, you're going to catch on very quickly that the understanding of it does not come through your mind, it comes through your spirit. So whether you're hearing a teaching, whether you're, you're reading a book, uh, or reading your Bible, or, or hearing music. Music's a tremendous way. God speaks tremendously through music. Never discount music. It's a great way to hear the voice of God. You can, you can get, you know, you can go to YouTube if you want, and you can begin to find some, some awesome music and just relax. Just rest and listen to the music, and you'll find that oftentimes God speaks to you that way. So, there's a lot of ways God speaks, and I want you to, to grasp at the beginning of this teaching that when God speaks from his mouth to your ears, the divine enablement to catch everything that God wants to say to you comes through the Spirit. It doesn't come through your mind, all right? If you're going to get it all, you're going to begin to, to perceive in your spirit. You're going to begin to sense in your spirit. It's going to begin to resonate on the inside and when you hear the word, when you really hear it, Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, hear. Those that have ears to hear, hear. As you hear the word, and I mean you, you, you hear it not, not again with these physical catchers, but you hear that word inside, you've caught it in spirit, that's when you then can begin to experience that word. And that's what we're after. What we're after is an experience with the Word. Hearing in your spirit, the Word of spirit and life, it goes deep within you. And the, 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 the deeper that Word goes in you, the more that it begins to, to grow root. And when that Word becomes rooted within you, when you hear it by spirit, you hear words of spirit by spirit, and that word goes deep within and it takes root, you find then that word will begin to produce what it was sent into your life to produce. What's our role in all of this? God's role is to speak. Our role is to, to, to listen. Our, our role is to catch it by our spirit. Let me say it like this. The only function we have in this process is to be good soil. What, what does it mean to be good soil? What does it mean to be... Uh, Good soil so that when God speaks to you, whatever, through whatever means he wants to, you're able to catch it. It means, it means simply this, that when God speaks, if you're good soil, then all you do is agree with what he's saying and you respond to it. That's good soil. 
That's our only part. It's God's job to speak. It's God's job to open our eyes. Our job is to simply agree with what we perceive. He's speaking to us through whatever channel and then to, to respond to it. Now there's a verse in Isaiah that I think really opens up, opens up this and, and should help us to nail this down a little bit. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11 says this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. And there again, I, I, I like that. It's from his mouth. I want to just say it again. The word of God we're talking about this morning is the word that comes from God's mouth to your spirit ears. To those that have ears to hear. He said, so shall it be that goes forth the word from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It's not going to return to him unproductive. But now watch what he says. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing that I send it. So there's a promise that Isaiah, there's an insight that Isaiah had here. Very strong insight. Isaiah is saying the strength of God's word, the word that he sends to you, the word that proceeds out of his mouth comes to you, that it will accomplish the thing that God sends it to accomplish. Now you can, you can speed the accomplishment or you can slow it down. The way you speed it up is by be good soil. How are we good soil? We, we respond to it and, and we also agree with it. So when God speaks, you say, well, man, I don't know. This word that he's speaking to me, I don't understand how it's going to come to pass. I don't understand uh, the deeper implications of it. It doesn't matter. You agree with it. You say, God, so be it, like Mary, so be it unto me according to your word. Mary had absolutely no idea how she was going to conceive and have a child. But all she did simply was agree with what the word was and respond to it. She agreed with it. And responded by saying, so be it unto me according to your word. Angel, I don't get it. <laughs> Angel, I don't see how this can be. I've, I've, I've never known a man, never been married, never had intimate relations. I don't know how this is going to happen. You don't have to know how it's going to happen. All you have to do is hear it, agree with it, and respond to it. Right? So we're, we're in this huge transition right now. And some of you that I'm speaking to here at the Digital Cathedral, you, you, you've kind of come through this process I'm talking about. Others of, uh, of you, it's brand new. But we're coming through this transition now where we, where we are no longer hearing by soul. We're not discerning by soul anymore. We're not discerning by our mind, our will, our emotions. We're not discerning by the data that our five senses feed to us. But we're beginning to hear and discern by spirit. And where this takes us has already been predetermined. I mean, God, God has said, look, don't worry, about, don't worry about getting there. I'm going to make sure you get there. In Ephesians chapter 1, 5, there's a, there's a really strong comforting verse that, honestly, I have liked a lot of times because there have been times in my own life I said, God, I don't know how all this whole thing is going to work out. And God says, don't worry about it. He says, because you have been predestined to be adopted as a son by Jesus to myself according to the good pleasure of my will, God says. So I know, I know this thing is, is set in concrete. We're, we're transitioning from this, from this soul, son of man awareness with human perception trying to, trying to figure things out like we've been programmed in school to do. 
In a couple of weeks, I'm going to I'm going to talk to you about how we have been uh, how we have been wired for success, but we've been programmed for failure by our culture. We're transitioning out of that. We're, we're beginning to see the shortcomings, the failure that our culture has infringed on us. And we're moving now to where we are manifested sons and daughters of God as a, as a spirit being with a keen awareness and a very strong sensitivity to our identity as divinity. We've just taken it up a notch in our understanding. And a lot of us are through, are coming, we're in that process. Some of you that are here to Digital Cathedral, you might be new to all this. And when I say something like your identity is divinity, you kind of go on tilt because you've never heard anything about that before. Well, I, I, I did a series you can find on YouTube called Embracing Your Divinity that I would suggest that you listen to if you haven't. I mean, think about it. What, what was it that transitioned Abraham from being an idol worshiper to being the father of faith? What was it that transitioned Moses from being on the backside of the desert to where he became the deliverer for the children of Israel out of Egypt and bringing them totally out of slavery? What was it that transitioned Saul to Paul and knocked on, the, on his backside on the Damascus Road? I, it, trace it through scripture and you'll find there's one common denominator and the common denominator is prevalent in our lives today and it's, it's this. The thing that transitioned them all and the thing that transitions us from what we were to what he desires us to be, knowing that the end game is the adoption that we will enjoy as sons to the good pleasure of his will, his design, the thing that has transitioned all of us is hearing and responding in spirit the things that God speaks to us. His word coming to us is the common denominator from, from Abraham to Moses to Saul to the twelve to your life and my life. It's hearing and responding to the word that comes to us. Now here's the powerful part of this. As our eyes open, as we awaken to the things that we're teaching, we find that there is an empowerment now that arises in our life in that word that he has spoken to us, there is, now, there is now within that word, the seed of that word, there is the power to throw off every weight, every chain, every, everything that has been negative in our life that we have been carrying around that has stopped us from enjoying clear channel listening. I think, I think the first man, Adam, could hear God clearly. When they walked in the cool of the evening, there was no static. There was no interference. There was no fading in and out. So the, th the, the, the thing that you and I are driving for now is through the word that he speaks to us is the removal of every, every bit of static or chaos that has infiltrated our life through our soul that we're now being able to abandon as we move from these from this soulish driven man that we've been programmed to be by our culture, our family, our education, our school, and yes, even our church. To where now we understand that we're spirit beings that have an identity as divinity. Here's the promise that God made, and some of these things that Paul stepped into, I mean, for his time, I mean, they're just, they're mind-blowing. Here's, here's the promise that comes from God. Whoops. Let me get my water. Here's the promise that comes from God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. 
Now listen, listen there's, I'm, I'm, this week and next week, I'm going I'm to highlight this verse because it's effective for us in, in our living. Paul, Paul said this, it is God who works in us. He's working in us, inside of us, inwardly, spirit, in our spirit. And he's doing two things. It is God who works in you both, number one, to will, and number two, to do of his good pleasure. Now, in, the, in those two verses, or in that one verse, let me, let me read down through, through verse 14 and 15. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do everything without complaining, complaining and disputing. Complaining and disputing are two strong, static causers in our life. But when you pull back and you see, wait a minute, it's God that's working in my life, his will, and his power to do that will, then I don't need to complain or I don't need to dispute about anything. Now here's the end result of it in verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation that has programmed you to be that way and you have become shining lights in the world, verse 15 says. Now, I, I, there's several things I want you to see in these two verses, three verses. And I, like I said, this week I'm going to hit this and next week I'm going to bring these verses back to your attention because it's, it, it's such a revelation that in God speaking to us, it becomes now his responsibility to work his will in us or to speak in a, in a very unique way so that you understand exactly what he's saying. God wired you in a way, a very unique way. But he's able to speak to you in that unique way that he has wired you so that he can work his will within you. And not only work his will within you, but he then works within you the power to accomplish that will. Do you see the tremendous responsibility that takes off of us? I can't tell you how many hours I've counseled with people that want to know what the will of God is for their life. They just don't feel like they can discover the will of God. Relax, rest, will you please? When you start hearing by spirit ears, you're going to understand that he is the one that has worked it into your life and he is the one that will uh, fulfill it to the level that verse 15 says, here's the fruit of that. Here's the change that is brought by that rest. Hearing a direct word and embracing the word brings the change in verse 15 that says will make us walk as children or sons of light right in the middle of a, of, of a crooked world, a perverse world, a world that has, that has programmed us to fail. Hearing a direct word and embracing that word brings the experience of the word and the result of the word. So when God speaks to us, there is within the seed of that word his will and his ability to get that will done. So here's the, here's the kingdom proverb. Here's the truth. Are you, are you listening? If you have heard what God has spoken to you, then you have changed. If you haven't heard what he has spoken to you, then you have not changed. Now let's do something this morning. Let's, let's change the focus. Most of us have been programmed, especially by our church world, we've been programmed to focus on changing. That's not where Paul put the focus. 
The spirit of truth wants the focus on hearing, knowing that as we hear, then the change comes. See, we've gotten the cart before the horse. We've, cut, we've put all of, our, all of our eggs in the basket of change. I need to change. I need to, 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 to get my behavior. I need to get this thing lined up. Spirit of truth say, no, 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 no. You don't understand. When you hear, it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The whole thing is on hearing. You have to know what he's saying to you. You hear, and the more you hear, the deeper the word goes into your life the more that inner life begins to grab hold of the word by the spirit, then it begins to separate. Okay, this is coming out of soul. This is coming out of spirit. This is coming out of emotions. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper. Now listen, he's, again, he's not talking about the Bible. I took Hebrews 4.12 for 50 some years of my life and said, that's what the Bible does. Well, it can, but that's not the only way that God's word can come to you. He said... In Hebrews 4.12, again, there was no Bible when Hebrews was written. He says, for the word of God, the word that comes from God's mouth to your ear, spirit ear, is quick and sharp and powerful, than, more powerful than a two-edged sword. It's able to divide asunder soul and spirit, thoughts and intents, motives and desire. It's able to, to separate for you. The strength of the word does that, not your, not your own ability to... To make a decision about it, let the word make the division. So the first thing that we need to understand is that we're the ones that have created the static. We're the ones that have empowered the bonds and have ramped up the static. All right, first of all, we're the ones. Now, second of all, you need to realize that also other people create that in our life by projecting on us their perceptions of us. If you had a teacher in school that said, look, you're a bad student, you're a poor student, you're never going to be a good student, you'll probably never graduate from college, you're never going to amount to a lot. Do you know what? They just, they just increased the load of static in your life so that when God comes to you, from, speaks a word from his mouth to your ears and says, all things are possible to you, my son, your future is bright, your potential is unlimited, you're hearing that through the static of what the teacher said, that you'll never amount to anything because you're not a good student. So other people project onto us, and that creates static. <clears throat> so you have to understand the reality you're dealing with. And that requires, that's why I keep talking to you about getting sharp in the spirit. It, 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 it requires a constant diligence and a spirit of sensitivity to not receive and become connected to those perceptions, those words, those thoughts that are contrary, whether they arise from within your, from within your soul or they're projected on you from somebody else. You don't connect to those words. You, you don't latch on to what you know is contrary to your Christ consciousness. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 says this. Don't be anxious for anything. That's a soulish projection into your life that creates static. Anxiety creates static. You make crazy decisions when you're anxious. So he says, look, let's back this off. Don't be anxious for anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication... Let, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He's saying, look, just back it down. Get quiet. Listen. 
Verse 7. And the peace of God, when you do that, the peace of God which surpasses your understanding. Your understanding takes you to that place of anxiety. But when you slow down, you get quiet and everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, all of a sudden you find now in verse 7 that the peace of God which passes your understanding comes and it guards, it puts a, a, a barrier around your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Now he says, he says in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are, 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 are just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, that's where you fix your mind. Those three verses, Philippians chapter 4, 6, 7, and 8, if you ever wonder where you ought to fix your, your mind that allows your spirit to open up and receive... His word from his lips to your ears. There are several things in those verses that are good insights on what to focus on that opens up the ear of your spirit. Whatever is good, pure, perfect, lovely, a good report. If there's any praise, any virtue, think on those things. You know why? That opens your spirit. And there are things you want to avoid in those verses. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't let anxiety... Or any of his cousins. When you become anxious, his cousins show up like fear, stress, worry. All of those things are attached. And, and, and when, you, when you walk into those areas, do, do you, can you see that you have created tremendous static to clear channel spirit hearing? It's changing the way you hear. Those things cause a loss of spirit hearing and they lead you, and here's the problem, they lead you to all kinds of soulish decisions, which is the arena, my friend, you want to stay totally out of. I had an old pastor one time tell me, and I, I was very young in ministry, and he told me, he said, I, I've learned something, he said, I want to pass on to you about making decisions. This is rich, and I, I've, I've, I've thought of this a lot of times over, over the years in ministry. He said, never make a decision when you're hungry, when you're tired, or you're under pressure. Never make a decision when you're hungry, when you're tired, or you're under pressure, right? See, those, those are, are cords and bonds that create static that you need to cut. And because you make decisions when you're hungry, <laughs> tired, how many bad decisions have I made because I'm exhausted and I just want to figure this thing out and move on, right? How many decisions you make when you're under pressure? You got, you, when pressure is on you, you feel like, I got to do something. And so you, you make a soulish decision. You, you, you're not sure. You haven't shut yourself down. You've done exactly what Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8 said, don't do. You haven't slowed it down. You haven't kept your mind fixed on things that are good, pure, perfect, lovely, a good report, things that have virtue. He said, fix, fix your mind on those. We've let our mind slip. So then we, we find ourselves always asking God to come get us out of something. <laughs> We're always saying, God, come fix this. God, I'm in a mess. I'm in a dilemma over here. Can, can you please come deliver me? See, 
Soulish decisions never work out. Isn't it amazing how many times we make a soulish decision, then we want to get in the spirit and ask God in the spirit to come correct what we made a soulish decision for. Stay sensitive in spirit. How do you stay sensitive in spirit? All right, you remain sensitive in the spirit by getting a fix on, on what your mind is feeding on and what your mind is thinking. You use your spirit and you examine your mind. And it, Let me make it more simple. You make your mind accountable to your spirit. You make your mind answerable to your spirit. The more, the more you come alive in spirit, the more aware you are of the basis from which everything comes and the better you become at functioning in spirit. The deeper you get in spirit, the more easily you can discern that's from my emotions. That's arising because I'm under pressure and I feel like I have to make a decision. And your spirit will tell your mind, back it up, settle down, be quiet. That's not the way we're going. See, if any man is in Christ, and you are, then the old things have passed away. Those things that create the static, those, th those, th those cords, those bonds, they're behind us. Old things have passed away. All things are new. So this, you got a clean slate, and that's where you, how you, you want to think. The more you're able to let go of your past and to guard your heart against soulish invaders, the higher your vibrational level goes and the more you change what the spirit is seeing, all right? For, 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 for example, here's a good example. One day Jesus is, is, is moving in a multitude of people. The crowds were pushing in on Jesus and he, he stopped in his tracks and he told his disciples, guys, somebody touched me. All right? He was that sensitive now, the disciples said, Jesus, there are a lot of people touching you. We're in the middle of a great big multitude. We're in, we're in the middle of a, a great crowd. He said, but somebody touched me in a way. Boy, this is good. This is sensitivity. This is making the mind subject to the spirit. He said, somebody touched me in a way that energy flowed out of me. All right. Now, this is a very similar parallel to you'll experience the more you continue to ascend in his presence, the higher your vibrational level becomes, the, 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 the more you're able to tune into the frequency, whether, it, whether it's positive or negative. You're going to become more and more aware of the things that touch you in life. All right? What pulls on you. That's what Jesus was saying. There's something that has pulled on me. And you're, 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 you're going you're, you're to begin, don't be, don't be surprised when you become very aware of things that are pulling on your life. You can be surrounded by a lot of activities, a lot of circumstances. All of a sudden, you know, this thing over here, that touched me and it pulled on me. We've been slow to get into that realm of spirit and understand this. There, there are two ways to eliminate these statics, these cords. All right? and Jesus, Jesus was developed in this. And when he was in that crowd and a lady touched him, he knew something flowed out of him. He was that sensitive. You're going to be, you, are, you are that sensitive. I, don't, I, I keep saying you're going to become or you're becoming. No, you are that sensitive to know that when you are dealing with people or situations... 
that there is one that has come and has touched you and it has pulled the life out of you. Probably all of us got that friend, you know, that calls you on the phone and you talk to them for an hour and when you, when you, when you hang up from them, you disconnect from them, you're exhausted. You're tired. And matter of fact, when you see their number, you don't answer it sometimes because you're not in the mood to be drained. We've all got that friend. That's, that's what Jesus was getting at. He said, somebody touched me. That person is touching you. They're pulling out of you. All right? So now, if that's, that's, a, that's a blatant energy release. Now, you have to become more sensitive. The higher you come in vibrational level, the more keenly aware you are in spirit, the more sensitive you're going to be to not just the blatant person, but all the little, all the little ties, all the little cords, all the little bonds that waste your time, that drain your emotions, so that you just sit down in a recliner and you go, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. And you, you don't know why you're tired. You don't know why you're exhausted. But if you'll start to perceive out of spirit, you'll see that, oh, it was the time I watched that program. It was the time that I, I did this or that activity or was engaged over here with that. And, and the Lord is going to say, look, I brought you to a level in spirit that you need to start get rid of, getting rid of those things and cutting them out because I desire to spend the time with you and to speak to you and to give you guidance in your life. Right? So there are two ways that we eliminate static. One is by faith. Faith. F-A-I-T-H, faith, all right? The, the things that we're aware of, that are obvious, that are influencing you in a way that demands your attention and time, no matter what. Those things pull on you. You can see them very, very clearly. They're distractions, they're people, they're situations that drain you emotionally. Now, there's not a lot of spiritual pizzazz in this faith thing of, of discerning that. Not a lot of pizzazz in that. But you're going to know, without a doubt, what is trying to muffle the voice of the Spirit with their spirit. I, 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 when I was pastoring, I, my least favorite thing to do was counsel. Because after the person left my office, it sometimes, because of what they were going through, was projected onto me. It would take me half a day to unload the baggage that I had just picked up from that person. And there's no way that I could work on Sunday morning teaching or Wednesday night teaching or, you know, get revelation of anything because of all of the drain and the draw that came out of my life. I knew what it was, but as a pastor, sometimes you can't avoid it. Those are just things you get into. So you can, you know by faith, you can just look around, you can see, and you can know. The other way is by revelation by what the Holy Spirit shows you that you might not be aware of. This is, this is the level where the tough ones are, okay? This is where the light shines on those ties and connections. They cloud your vision, and they're so deep within you that when the Holy Spirit shows you, you go, ouch, ouch, man. Those, that's an area I don't know that I want to give up. Now here's where forgiveness and letting go and seeing the hand of what God is doing and what he's saying to you is important. All right, let, let me give you a couple of real easy examples. Let's say you left a church. For whatever reason, you left a church. There, there probably are some transferences that were made 
into your life out of that church that you may be aware of or not aware of. There might have been a tra some transference of doctrines that you have found now that are not accurate, that are wrong. There could be some inbred fear. Maybe some strong personalities and friends tried to talk you out of what you were doing. Now, if you have any communication with those people, I'm not telling you don't have communication, I'm just teaching you. If you still have communication with people from the church that you left, there's a good chance that you have opened the door to bonds and ties that are creating static in your ability to hear. You're still carrying some thoughts. Well, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have left. Maybe No, when God gave you the word said it's time for you to come outside the camp and you obeyed, that's what cleared the field of static. Now, if you're still having contact... And I'm not saying not, don't have, I'm not saying, I'm just telling you what can create static in your life. Or let's say maybe other people left the church, you didn't leave the church. But you still go to lunch with them, you still have contact with them. There's a good chance that spiritual static has come into your life because they have projected their bitterness, their anger, uh, their resentment, and when you, when they have, uh, visited with you, they've expressed those things, and you have pulled those things into your spirit, and now that's clouding your ability to hear. When you don't release the past, when you don't release the people of the past, and man, some of those folks can cling hard, even if you're not seeing them, they, you still have memories, and you still have ties and cords, and I'm telling you, you need to cut it. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Paul had a lot of past he had to let go of. Think, think of all the things that Paul had to release to clear out in his spirit, to get the revelation that he had to write two-thirds of the New Testament. Think about that. Uh, he, he murdered people, killed people, put people in jail, put people in prison, beat them, tortured them. Not only that, he had to let go of all the doctrine that he had learned. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. All of the training, all of the people that he previously was connected to, he had to disconnect from them. And I'll tell you the gem that I told you a couple of weeks ago. The people that got you to where you are in this stage of life probably are not the people that are going to be able to take you where you need to go. So to contact and open up relation with those that are taking you where you need to go, you have to let go of, I'm not saying be mean-spirited or hateful, I'm just saying you have to let go of the emotional baggage and the ties. Because those things affect the level you see and you hear in the spirit. Now let me say this in conclusion. Real change, clear channel hearing, comes by a spirit impartation from God to you. God is a spirit. He does not speak in soulish terms. He's a spirit. He speaks by spirit. So when you, when you see the ties, when you get wind of, the, of, of, of spirit voice blocks, and your good ground, you agree and you submit, you respond to that word, the ties will be cut. This stuff really needs a tender heart. It, it needs, it needs a, a connection to stay in tune to what God is leading you to do. Here's my message this morning. I want you to become very aware of things that are going on around you. The voices, the circumstances, 
Everything that's breaking around you, become very aware of it. Be sensitive to what is trying to enter inside from outside. See, when God speaks, it's not from outside to inside. He lives within you. It rises up from within. Things that create static are those things that are trying to enter from the outside to the inside. That's where all anxiety, fear, depression, uh, moods, all of that stuff comes from outside and tries to enter inside. <clears throat> because God speaks spirit to spirit, he rises from inside. Now when you look around, some of the things by faith, you know, just by, by looking, you say, okay, look, I, I, I've watched that program on television, it's a, you know, it, it's, it's clouding my vision. It's clouding me being able to hear. I'm thinking about it. I'm spending too much time with it. Okay. Others come by illumination. I like the illumination. I like the revelation ones. Because then you know he's empowering you to make the change. Amen? All right. Listen, I think I better stop. Can you receive all that today? Can you become very aware? Hearing on clear channel is your right. And it's the absolute key to living a transcendent life. God's pulling you higher. He's pouring more into your life. All he says is, look, I'm going to be the one that works in you both to will and to do of my good pleasure. All I ask is that you be good soil. You just be good soil. You hear what I say and you respond to it. Be good soil. Be sensitive. He's bringing you to a higher place. Amen? All right. God bless you. You have a wonderful week. Be aware this week of your circumstances. Cut off outside voices and pulls that will cause static in your life and see if you can't enter that realm of clear channel hearing. God bless. We'll catch you next time on the Digital Cathedral. We thank you for being with us today on the Digital Cathedral. We trust that today's teaching helped you in your journey to the abundant life Jesus has freely given to all. If you would like to help support us in spreading the gospel of grace, you can do so by going to donkeithley.com to make your donation. We thank you for your prayers and continued monthly support and look forward to seeing you again next week at the Digital Cathedral.